Hey, welcome back to Empire Baseball. This is episode three, how to build an empire. Um, before we get started, uh, episodes one and two were very specific to new owners in our league. Um, normally in the future, I'm not going to focus directly on the leagues that I play in as far as doing a podcast just for them. But um, I will use them as a basis for like things that are going on, situations, um, and um, kind of use them in that point of view. Um, Hey, so if you want to email the show, you can email at empirebaseballpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's empirebaseballpodcast at gmail.com. And right now the show is on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Google, po- uh, Google Podcast, and Radio Public. Trying to get it on more, trying to get it on iTunes. It's obviously in its infancy, but um, I've done a podcast on a different uh, platform before, and it it, it doesn't take very long, two or three weeks, to get it really spread out across multiple platforms. <clears> hey, <throat> okay, so we're going to go over. I'm going to switch gears quite a bit here. But my goal is if you just took over a brand new team, right? Let's say you're like, you know what? I want to join Dynasty. I want to join a 30-team league or a large 24-team league. And the only way that I could get in, because it's not a startup year, excuse me, it's not a startup period, you're taking over a team. Right. Most of the time, the teams that you take over, they're not the best. Maybe most of the time an owner leaves because he gets frustrated and he doesn't know how to rebuild his team, right? Or an owner just, you know, sometimes had to just leave. We have that in our league where a guy's like, look, I just can't dedicate this time anymore. And and I respect that, man, you know, but for whatever reason, here you are, right? You're taking over a team and you don't know what to do. So we're going to, I'm going to hopefully go over some things here that can open up your mind to, wow, there is a lot of options and there is a way to kind of dig a team out of the dirt. Okay. Um, Hey, first, very first thing before we get into any kind of tips, um, if you're not active and I'll define what I think an active owner is that don't play dynasty, dynasty league baseball. If you don't have the time, you're just banging your head against the wall. You will never rebuild the team. You have to be an active person. This has to be your hobby. This has to be something that you check every day, whether that's you come home from work and you check or at work. There's tons of dudes in our league that literally have baseball up at work, you know, myself included. It's like, yeah, I do my work, but you're telling me that you're working all day, every day. You know what I mean? I guess if you're out at more of a manual labor type job, I got it. But there's people who check on their phones, you know, take a break, see what's up, see what's going on in league chat. You have to be active. It has to be something you're into. Not, oh, yeah, 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 it's the off season, so uh, I'm not going to check in for three for three months. That'll get you kicked out of our league for sure, okay? In order to be – if you if you want to maximize your chances of rebuilding a team, you've got to be the most active guy. And by active, most of the time I'm really just saying you have to be available. You have to be available. You have to you know try and ping other owners. Be available when you see people post stuff like, hey, you know, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. And you're like, shit, I got some of that. Be the first one to hit them up. Start those conversations, right? I mean, you same same thing. Like, if you, you're not going to catch a fish if you don't put a goddamn lure in the pond, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. Same thing here. You're If you're waiting for deals to come to you, which I'm coming across these owners too, well, no one offers me deals, so this league sucks. When we did 200 trades last year, 200. And they're like, yeah, there's not much activity. No, you're not active, okay? So let's just get that away, get that out of the way right away, okay? The reason why I really did this podcast or wanted to do to do this particular topic 
is I'm in charge of recruiting for our league, right? So when we have holes, I'm the guy who goes around and you know goes to different platforms and starts recruiting people. And we've had we've had some teams that we had to refill this year. It's common. It's a 30 team league. Like you're gonna have spots that you got to refit rebuild. Um, I've gone through about <clears throat> I'd say 45 plus people that I've emailed and, and talked to. Um, looking to fill these positions. And we've come down to two teams um, that over and over and over again, owners are like, no, 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 I'm not taking that team. I love your league. I love your setup. I love your league manager structure. I love the sites you use. I like how you guys go about it. It seems pretty mature, no drama. That sounds sounds awesome. But I can't take that team. It's uh, That team sucks. Or I can't rebuild that team. Or that team's too far gone. There's no way I can rebuild it. And I'm looking at these teams and I'm like, yeah, I, oh, I got it, right? I'm not trying to say they're the best thing in the world, but they're rebuildable. They're totally rebuildable. Um, and so I'm just sitting here like, why do I see all these assets on the team? And other people are saying, no, 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 you can't rebuild that. There's no way, right? It's a 30-team league, right? You got to have some perspective there. Obviously, only one winner, but we'll get into we'll get in different ways to take a look at it, okay? And I'm going to show you in this episode what I see as assets and, and help you out. Right. So let's go over the structure of a 30 team league. Okay. The first thing is know your place, know your place, right? We're broken into obviously American national. Um, but you need to know exactly where, how far down, how bad is it really? Right. Are you, you know, out of the 15 teams in your league, are you dead last or are you three or four from dead last? And you may be like, well, that still sucks. Y- yes, it does, but it matters. You have to know exactly where you are. Are you one or two players away from jumping up maybe two spots? Or are you more like six or seven? Like, how bad is it? You really need to take a look at everyone around you and not just yourself. Okay, this tells you how steep the climb is up your division ladder right? You got to know around you. You got to know who's on your butt and you got to know who are the teams step by step that you're climbing up the ladder and, and, and taking them over. Notice I said step by step. One of these teams, you know, that I talked to these owners, sorry, that, you know, talking about the teams, they're like, well, there's no way I can win the championship next year. I'm like, yeah, correct. Um, 29 of us won't win the championship next year. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you're taking over a team. It's a rebuild. And you're worried about trying to take a step from the fourth ring on the ladder out of 30 steps all the way up to the first ring, the championship. Like, that's not realistic. There's no way you're rebuilding a team with that kind of mentality, right? Um, so basically, if you really understand where you are before you start digging into what you need, what you don't need, right? You got to know where you are so that you know how much you need to put yourself in a position to win, okay? Um Another thing to understand is, and let me see if we're going to cover it here in a little bit or not. Okay, so you need to understand in your league where the payments start, right? So in our league, eight people, four from each league, right? So the you know top four in each league, they they get paid, right? You you I think if you're the fourth person in each league, you at least break even, you get your money back. So right there, I mean, you're in the playoffs at that point, right? So that means 11 teams is the ladder to climb because 12, 13, 14, 15 are all playoff spots. They're money spots. So again, 
how far is that climb? How far is it to try and get into fourth place? If you're last, if you're a dumpster team, you're trying to clip off the fourth place guy because it's a reasonable climb. I'm not trying to clip off the first guy or the second guy or the third guy. I'm trying to get it right as close as I can to clipping off that fourth guy. That's what you should be aiming for, not the championship, right? Once you get up there and you're in the fourth, fifth, sixth, you might be only a move or two away or an injury away or some growth away from your team popping up very quickly into that spectrum of one through four, right? Which gives you a shot, right, in the playoffs. So that structure is super important, okay? <clears throat> you need to know, are you in one, one of three modes, okay? Every single team in every league playing everywhere in Dynasty Baseball is either in a win-now mode, which means you're with, you have a shot, you're in those top four teams and you got a shot at winning, or you're in the middle mode, which means you're ranked... So, um, geez, if you look at it from a 30-team point of view, I guess you can say, hey, well, the top eight are in the playoffs. From nine to somewhere around 2023-ish 20, is the middle of the road. You're not good enough to get in the playoffs, but you, you, you're you not in full rebuild either. You kind of got one foot in each pool. Oh, I could go to the playoffs, or I could, or I could reset this thing, right? If someone asks you, like, hey, are you, are you going to – are you looking to uh, go into a rebuild and you're like, I don't know, I could rebuild or I could, uh, I could maybe, you know, go for the playoffs. You're in the middle of the road. Okay. And then there's the teams that bottom five, six, seven, that are in full on rebuild mode. You don't need to ask the owner. You can look at the roster and you're like, Oh yeah, this dude's rebuilding it. He's rebuilding it for sure. In my opinion, if you don't know where you are or if you've never contemplated that, that's, that's on you. That's definitely you have to know your surroundings and you have to know your team, right? You have to know when your win now windows are as far as like, okay, I think in 2022, 23, 24, 25, that four year period, that's when I really got a shot at winning this bad talk. Okay, got it. Well, next year's 2020. So you kind of know your building pace. Okay. So not hard things to do, but you have to kind of check those boxes on your rebuild. Okay. Another thing we want to look at, and by the way, you never want to be in the middle. I, I've mentioned this before. We talked about it in other podcasts with other guests uh, that I had in some other podcasts. Like the worst place to be is in the middle because half your assets are good, if you will, without getting into numbers. That's why you're in the middle because you do have some assets and half your assets are super young or haven't developed yet. Right. So you're burning the candle at both ends. All your assets that are good, they're getting older, but you don't have enough to actually win. So the value of those guys as they get older goes down for you to actually sell them. You see what I'm saying? So getting caught in the middle is the worst. Okay. Unless that's part of your plan and you went from shitty and two years later, I'm in the middle. And then two years later, you know, with this growth of a young pocket of guys coming, you see what I'm saying? That's ladder ascending. That's fine. But when you're sitting in neutrality in the middle and you're like, yeah, I finished 15th, I finished 18th, and I finished, you know, 21st, like you're stuck in the middle, bud. Okay. It's different from being 25th to 17 to 11 to 5. Like, okay, that's great. Um, and that's some things you want to look at if you took over a team that's been around for a little bit is like, where, where has this guy been? What has he finished in the previous years? So you can kind of get a trajectory there, right? You need to take a look at the roster size, okay? We have 25-man roster. Most leagues have 25-man roster. Um, that's nine hitters, six starting pitchers, five relievers, you know, somewhere around there, pretty close. Um, 
you know, plus some bench spots. Okay. Um, you need to break it down in your mind into three sections in those emails. Excuse me. When I was talking to those owners, they would just say this team sucks or, you know, the, the, this team, the brave suck. They always talked in whole terms, like this whole thing sucks. I never came across an owner who said, you know what, that team's not great, or sorry, they, they, where they never spoke in terms of sections, like the hitting's horrible, but the starting pitching's good, or the relief pitching's good, the starting's good, but the hitting's bad. Like they didn't talk in pockets of the team in a mental breakdown like that. It was just all oh, this whole thing sucks. You can't look at a team like that. You have to look at a team in sections, okay? Because your rebuild will literally should be done in sections. You look at the hitters. That's section one. You look at the starting pitching, starting pitchers. That's section two. And then the relief pitching is section three. The team should be broken into three sections. I've heard people say, well, you have to consider the bench too. If you're in rebuild and you're worried about who's on your bench, you're probably not in rebuild. You, you know what I'm saying? Like no one builds a a rebuild team truly from the ground floor up and is like, yeah, yeah, I'm taking that guy because he's going to be a great bench. And I'll explain a little bit more why that's it's not actually done that way. Is is it nice to have some depth and you plan for depth? Yes, of course. Um, let me see here. So you want to attack those sections in your rebuild. Okay. Let's see here. You want to go with – so the way I look at it is in the active slots – not talking bench here. Most teams have nine hitters. So what you want to aim for is four guys, four hitters, right? That's what we're searching for. So I would get a piece of paper or an Excel spreadsheet and I would have hitters, four different slots. Out of your six starting pitching, or if it's five, I would argue the answer is still three, whether it's five or six slots in your league, you need three good starting pitchers. Okay. So there we go. You're looking for four hitters, three starting pitchers. If your league has five relief pitchers or six, some people have larger core, you need three relief pitchers, okay? So right there, we're looking for 10 core guys. Now, now I have a plan. I know exactly what I'm looking for, okay? I'm looking for four hitters, three starting pitchers, three relief pitchers. And I'm not just looking for any kind of guy. Those are, those are kind of the core pillars that I'm going to build this house upon. So when you look at it in those terms, I'm not looking for 25 awesome guys, right? I'm looking for a core of guys because that's a foundation that I can build around that we can get some other pieces year by year. Right? So when you're looking to sell it off or trade it off or kind of rebuild, you have to have a plan. You can't just be like, well, yeah, all right, got Mike Trout here. Going to sell them guys, going to sell Mike Trout. And I just randomly went with the best offer that was on my table. You need to be driving those conversations. You need to know, okay, I'm going to sell this asset, Trout, let's just say. And what I need is I have two starting pitchers. I need three. Okay, so in this deal, I need to definitely get one starting pitcher. I have three really good hitters, you know, but I need four. So I need one starting pitcher and one good hitter, and I have three relief pitchers. Okay, so at a minimum, I need one starting pitcher and one hitter. You see how, like, you're, you're sculpting those negotiations. You actually have a plan towards that core that's going to build your team that helps with not duplicating assets in areas. We don't need it. Now you got to flip it again. Like you actually know what you're building, right? That helps a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. Okay. So here's another thing. Where are assets or what are assets and where can you get them from? A lot of people have 
they, they didn't they don't comp they don't contemplate these things right they're just waiting for the phone call waiting for the person to talk to them they don't have a plan as far as it's a dynasty right so there's things happening all year long so all year long you should be in different phases of trying to grab assets assets are part of that 10 core that i talked about okay that's what assets are and i'm looking for uh, in, in multiple areas here where I can get more people in that 10. If you can get more than 10, good for you, right? But that's your goal. It may take it may take you a, a sell-off of one season and then acquire some assets from these eight sections that we're going to talk about over the next season, and then you finally got your 10, and you're slowly moving up, okay? It, it might Those times are all situational dependent, okay? So here you go. This is These are some rules that you could use, um, but they're not – for everyone but if you have no idea about any of the stuff we're talking about here's a suggestion right assets when you're in a rebuild is anyone you think you can sell to somebody else an asset is something you think you can sell to somebody else so when you look at your team and you're starting your rebuild you need to really take the wheat from the chaff and go okay this player i put him on the left i don't think I can get anything from that guy. Okay, it is what it is. Next player, yes. I think I could sell this guy, even if I'm selling a minor leaguer who's a pretty good double-A guy for a guy who's a pretty good guy in triple-A. You see what I'm saying? Like, even that little that little step up. Like, there's a team in our league, um, the Dodgers. I think he's doing a phenomenal job. This guy came over. It's not a dumpster fire team, but it's definitely at the bottom end of the spectrum. And I'm noticing the trades that he's doing are little by little by little, He's 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 flipping he's flipping an F to a D minus. He's flipping a D minus to a D, a D to you know a C minus, and then pow, two C minuses. He got a B. It's like that's trading, dude. That's doing a great job collecting assets, right? That slow build. So many times people are like, well, I can't trade these these Fs. You know, this team sucks. Well, how am I supposed to get an A player? Well, you don't do it from trading Fs to get an A. You have to trade S to get a D. And a D to a C, and then maybe you can mix in a B. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it's a progression. It takes time. It goes back to the first rule. If you don't have time, then don't try and join Dynasty Baseball. Like that is the enjoyment, is the climb, it is the journey, it is the building the team. And I've heard a ton of people say like, yeah, it's fun to win, but like it was a blast building the team, you know. And for me, it's it's the it's building the team. Um, sorry, getting a little off topic there. So where can you get these assets from? Where, like you're like okay sounds great like where, where do i start digging where do i look right um here's the here's the here's the thing i suggest that 27 years old or younger you probably those are you need to know the difference between your like if you're a dumpster fire and it's going to take three or four years for you for you can go okay i think i can flip this over comb the desert three years in these different eight categories and then I think I could really start climbing up the ladder in a serious, serious way in about three years. If that's true, most most teams that are in full-on rebuild, it's about three years, right? Three. If you're doing this right, in about three years, you can start to have a totally different team where people are like, shit, man, your team was a mess. Look at you now, right? So if that's the benchmark of about three-plus years, then assets that you have right now when you took it over, you need to know who's 27 and younger and who's 28 and older, Okay. Because in three years, those 28-year-olds are, you know, 31, pushing, you know, depending on when their birthday is. Those 27-year-olds or younger, they're still they, – they
they could still contribute at 30 years old. There's kind of that benchmark of 31 plus, you know, so you definitely want to know those guys' age and, and contemplate those as well. Okay. So here's where you can get assets from trades. Uh, yeah, no shit, right? Trades. But however, it's just, we talked about the mental part of going into those trades and having a plan, working towards those core. But you want to always try and be getting a two to one ratio plus. What I mean by that is if I'm selling a B player, I want three C players, right? I want three C players that have a possible ceiling of a B. They're just not there yet. And that's that's the trade, right? You're giving some stability to that owner of a B player, but he's giving up the lottery ticket, if you will, of a guy who could maybe end up to be a B, but we're not sure. But you're hedging your bets by getting three of them, hoping that one hits. You have to continue that two-to-one ratio of sell-off. You have to gather, gather, gather assets. And the best way to do it is stop trading one for one. Stop trading one for one. Talk to people. If they want your asset, they're willing to do the one for one plus a nugget. You always want to try and get that nugget if you're in a rebuild. And a nugget may be like, uh, you know, the 20-year-old relief pitcher who has pretty good stats. Or, hey, let me get, you know, the nugget can be where you build your bench a lot of the time, you know. Um, So trades, okay. Free agency. I could do an entire episode on free agency, but this is absolutely huge. So one of the teams in our league that I would consider is dumpster fireish, <laughs> right? And we play with $165 million um, payroll. He's got $102 million open right now. So when he comes to free agency, he's an absolute whale, a whale, right? $102 million, he can start to splash around in free agency. You got to be super smart in free agency, okay? You can't be locking up five-year contracts for $32 million. You you want to pay for assets, right? If you're at the ground level breaking dirt on this dynasty rebuild, I don't want to be married to shit. So if I'm paying for guys and free agency and bidding on them, I want to bid to move, right? Bid to move bid on them so I can move them to other people down the road. Don't get so married up with the player. Remember, whoever you're bidding on, they better be worth it to you in three plus years. You see what I'm saying? So if you just bid on a 30-year-old, lock them up for five years at $27 million, like an Edward Encarnacion type guy, 34 or five, however fucking old that guy is these days, like that's a dumb idea. Because his age isn't a value to anybody else either. Now, don't get me wrong. You can get in car in, in car for two seasons at four million a, a, a season. Now you've made him an asset. Someone's gonna buy those thirty dongs, right, or whatever for four million. That's smart. So in free agency, you got to be really smart about how you spend that money, who you're going after. Um, like I said, we could go in on and on and on about that. But like in that free agency, that's huge. Don't forget about international free agency. Our league has an IFA. We also have a pool of money that's separate from your actual budget. We have IFA money, right? So, dude, right there, like you got to do your research. There's plenty of websites out there. You can go and get some international free agent players right there, okay? Minor league pickups. That's number four. That's huge, huge. We have a first-year player draft going in our league. It's 10 rounds. Um, We're in our third year for a 30-team dynasty with up to 100 minor leaguers. I mean, this is huge. You can trade the picks of that minor league, right? You can you can flip your pick to get more guys. So if you're in rebuild mode, I don't you know, 
these are huge assets because in three years they might be just about cracking into the pros. So maybe you're like, you know what, off whatever your math is of that 10 core, you may already be at like seven. So you're like, I'm, I'm going to draft these guys and keep them because they'll be with me in that win now window. Okay, cool. But if you think you can sell your first rounder at the top end and get two picks in the first round, it all depends on what's out there, but that is an option for you to get more assets. Okay. <clears throat> Minor league pickups. I think I talked a little bit about that, but you got to be looking for stats, man. You've got to be looking for certain stats at certain levels. And if you want to get minor league guys, remember, we got three years. We got three years. I don't need a fucking hero right now. If he's a hero in the minor league, guess what? Everyone knows he's a hero in the minor league, and he's probably double A plus. The dividing line for digging in the, digging for the gold nuggets, earth starts at double A. <laughs> if they're double A or above, the rest of the owners already know about them. Okay, Where you start digging into the earth and hoping that you hit a diamond is double A below. That's your long A seasons, your short A seasons, your rookie ball seasons. That's where you need to start to identify assets and get them. Because in three years, if, they, if they're if they good guys that are on a decent trajectory, in three years, a minor leaguer should be advancing a level a year. That is that is the pace, if you're wondering, right? If you're in the minor leagues, you get drafted, you play rookie ball. Next year, you play A ball. Next year, you play double A. Next year, you play triple A. And you're going a level a year. You, you know, that's fucking fantastic. Okay. If you look at a guy on MILB.com and he's got three years at fucking rookie ball and he's not 16, <laughs> right? He's got another two years at short A, long A. Now he's been five years in the minors and he's 22. Then he's got two more years at double A because he had a great year. Then he stumbled. Now he's at triple like, Dude, you got to consider all that shit. Okay. You also need to know who he's pushing on above him. You know, you look at like, the, you know, um, Giambi was pushing on McGuire. Well, he could have been up on the pros, but like, that's not the smartest draft pick at that particular time because he's just getting blocked. And you know what I mean? So those are things to consider. Another thing you can do, number six, is you can take on bad contracts. Remember we talked about that team had a ton of cash? That cash is an asset. There's teams that are like, look, man, I need to offload 20, this $20 million contract because my dumbass, you know, picked up Encarnacion for $25 million and my team's in the red and I need to sell them. Okay, dude, I'll take on your shit contract and I need you to add these two minor leaguers and I'll happily take them. Now, I don't give a shit about that bad money for two years because I'm not trying to win. I'm not trying to climb the ladder until year three. So that's one place that people don't look at either in their negotiations. OK, you can also take on bad contracts and maybe ask for some IFA, IFA cash. Say, hey, I'll take on that shit contract and you throw in five million dollars of international free agents cash picks or picks. Hey, uh, I'll take a pick. You know, it depends on the rules of, of your league. But like taking on bad contracts is 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 taking, you know, that's an asset in, in its own. And a lot of people don't don't tap into that at all. Number seven is claims during the year. Right. And what I'm talking about is free free agencies over. Your first year player drafts over or your initial drafts over. The season started. There's always a large uh, claims pool, right? You need to stay aware of those guys. Who's doing good? Pick up somebody hot that, you know, most of the time the guy that you're going to get and flip is probably a relief pitcher, right? So you got to stay on top of that. There's always, always, always. Um, I mean, the two teams in the World Series would probably tell you, yeah, we could have used some more relief pitching, right? And that's the top of the ladder. You got to notice when those guys are getting hot, grab them up, 
and try and sell them for something because there's always teams that need that relief pitcher that's getting hot. It's not to say there isn't hitters uh, that get hot in that kind of pool where you can claim them during the year and flip them, but that's another asset that you could use, right? Number eight, we talked a little bit about this, but you could sell your IFA cash straight up for picks or players. Um, if you don't like what you're looking at as far as the free agent pool, you can, or international free agent pool, you can always just sell that cash. And sometimes you see guys just season after season, at least in our league, where they just sit there with their free international free agent cash, never use it, never sell it, nothing. And it's like every little bit helps, right? You want to tap into all eight of these. Biggest thing to wrap it up is you want to stick to a plan. Stick to a plan. You need to know your pay distribution in your leagues, which helps you understand how far the actual climb is to compete right? Stop looking at it such a huge scale. Like I can't win the championship with that dumpy team. No, you can't. But the fun is the journey, right? Best of luck out there. See you guys in episode four. Take care.